Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. Fusion! Man, the theme song on that bumper sounded like a superhero theme song, man. That was cool. How you guys doing? Okay, okay. Appreciate that. See? (laughs) Okay, so the deal with this shirt is here at Victory, we have a new logo, doing some new branding, and uh, they, they dropped some shirts today. It was only for staff, but I'm sure they'll be on the way soon. Is anybody here a member here at Victory? Hey. So you know that as we're moving forward, we're doing some new things, switching some things up. Some, some colors have changed. Uh, some graphics have changed. And it's because God is always doing something new. Amen? Cool. So side note, man, if you haven't been a part of our series as a big church, when you pray, you need to look that up. This has been one of the best series, in my opinion, that we've ever done. I think this has been super duper powerful. It's been very helpful for me. So it's, it's live on the podcast, Victory ATL. Uh, you could also go on the Victory ATL website and just look on the media section if you want to really get equipped in your prayer life. We here at Fusion, as the young adults of Victory, we've been in a series called Uncomfortable, where we've been talking about some of the discomforts that we experience and the tensions that we experience in relationships. And the reason that we're talking about that is because Jesus said that in order for the world to believe that he's God, the church has to be one and we have to love each other. That means if we're gonna be effective as Christians, as followers of Christ, it's not about just coming in here as an individual and worshiping, and hearing a message, getting fed, leaving, and then going to heaven one day. That's not God's will. It's actually God's will for us to be one here. He calls us the body of Christ, of which Christ is the head. That means he gives the directions. He has the perfect will, the perfect thoughts, the vision, and we do the action on his behalf. Amen? Cool. So we've been talking for a few weeks about different relationships that we have to navigate. And tonight, I don't want to so much talk about one particular relationship dynamic. I want to talk about one of the things that I think stands in a lot of our way in life, period. And so I'm going to jump right into it. The message is called In My Feelings. Okay. Because as a young adult generation, this is really what's standing in a lot of our way in relationships, in Christianity. Some of us are in here and have not given our lives to Jesus simply because we're still in our feelings about something. Some of us are not moving forward because we're still in our feelings about something. Some of us are not walking in our purpose because we're in our feelings about something. Some of us are not able to have healthy relationships in our lives because we are in our feelings. 
But God has come to give us an abundant life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And part of that is being able to truly love and be loved. And we can't do that when we're enslaved to our emotions. So I'm gonna pray. Lord, thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Open our hearts to your word tonight. Lord, help us to receive what you're trying to say. Break down walls in our lives. Lord, break down the barriers that are standing between us and you and us and your truth, us and your destination and your purpose and your will, standing between us and your kingdom. Lord, break those things down tonight, Lord, as you teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as I was looking up, I really just felt led to talk about this. It was funny, like, I had this in my mind for really the past week, really, really heavily. And even as I was studying, I'm like halfway through, like, putting the message together, and I'm like, God, what does this have to do with our series? And he brought me all the way back full circle, saying that this is what's standing in between a lot of our relationships and a lot of our ability to love people. And remember, the goal is for Jesus Christ to be glorified, for us all to come to a knowledge of the truth. It's God's will for all people to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's what scripture says. And a lot of people are not being reached because we are bound by our feelings and our emotions, but our emotions are real. So I started diving in and I saw that uh, a recent study in 2017 said that we have 27 distinct emotions, right? And so for a while, there's been like these six basic emotions that psychology acknowledges. And a recent study says, no, there's actually like 27 distinct ones. And so I wanna read some of them off and I encourage you guys to take notes tonight. And as I'm reading this, I'm reading all 27, all right? But, <laughs> but I want you to write down the three that just jump out to you, right? And maybe it's not three, maybe for you it's five. <laughs> maybe it's one. But I believe that God wants to teach us all something tonight individually, especially collectively and individually. And not all of us are trying to navigate the same emotions, but I believe that there's gonna be freedom in this place tonight for a lot of us. And I believe that the Holy Spirit's gonna reveal some things to us because we have things to do. We have work to do. Our Pastor Johnson, he, he reminded us today in our staff meeting that our job as the church is to equip you guys for the work of the ministry. That's why, that's what the word says Jesus Christ gave the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, the prophets to the church for, is to equip the church, equip the saints, equip believers for the work of the ministry. Put it so eloquently, he said, we have to stop doing ministry to people and start doing ministry through people. And that's what I'm endeavoring to do tonight is to help you navigate some of the things that are holding you back to reach the people that I can't reach. That God hasn't called me to reach, he's called you to reach. And if we're actually gonna do what we're called to do here, we gotta, these things have to be brought to the surface in our minds, amen? Okay, so I'm gonna read off these emotions. Admiration, adoration, 
aesthetic appreciation, amusement, anger, anxiety, awe, awkwardness, boredom, calmness, confusion, craving, disgust, empathetic pain, entrancement, excitement, fear, horror, interest, joy, nostalgia, relief, romance, sadness, satisfaction, sexual desire, and surprise. So that's 27. They forgot the 28th one, though. The 28th is the one that is most relevant to most of us. It's called some type of way. <laughs> Just feeling some type of way. Feeling a way. Has anybody ever experienced that emotion before? That one is very relevant to our generation. A lot of times we just stamp that over a lot of these. Sadness, I'm just feeling away. Desire, I'm feeling away. We're just feeling some type of way. But that is a sign of the lack of emotional intelligence a lot of us have because we would rather say that than actually pinpoint what we're really feeling. And so we just do this broad brushstroke over I'm just feeling some type of way. The reality is emotions are real, though. God experiences emotions. And I think a lot of times, man, uh, as we start following Christ, we try to push those to the side. And we're just trying to navigate, getting to the truth, accomplishing for the kingdom, doing what we're supposed to be doing, doing the right thing. And a lot of times, man, we feel like our emotions are sinful. And the way that we feel is sinful. And the reality is, that's not the case. The emotions that God has given us, God gave us. So God created man with emotions. God has emotions. We see all throughout scripture God experiencing emotions. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see Jesus experiencing emotions. The difference, though, is what he does with the emotion. See, that's where things get sinful or that's where we stay righteous. One of, the, one of my favorite scriptures and favorite because I feel like it, it saves me from a lot of stupidity is there's a scripture that says human Anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And so he's not saying human anger is sinful. Anger is bad. Nobody should be angry. But more so to be careful when you're experiencing that because of what it might produce in you. And human anger does not produce righteousness in us. Does anybody feel like anger leads them to do really, really holy things? Anybody feel like anger just, I mean, produces great fruit in their lives? No, when we give into it. And so tonight we're going to be talking about how to respond to your emotions versus reacting. And this is something some, a lot of us may have heard before. We may have heard the term, but I want to encourage us to lean in to really put this into action because emotions you're experiencing nonstop. 
And you always have an opportunity to make a choice as to what you're going to do. And responding versus reacting is what's going to make the difference in what our lives turn out to be and a lot of what our relationships turn out to be. And so psychology today says a reaction is survival oriented and on some level a defense mechanism. So when you're reacting, it's like you're just reacting out of survival and it's a mechanism that just happens. It might turn out okay, but often a reaction is something you regret later. A response, on the other hand, usually comes more slowly. It's based on information from both the conscious and the unconscious mind. And so reactions normally happen very quickly. Responses happen a little bit more slowly based on information, whereas a reaction is just, you just move. You're not thinking so much. What are some of the ways that we react when we're in our feelings? Can you guys think of any? Keep it real. Fight. That's real. Cuss. Drink. Smoke. Okay. This is real. Listen to sad music. Drink and drive. Drake and drive. Drink and drive, Drake and drive, all of that. It's all bad decisions. Take a walk. I feel like that's more of a response, though. I'm not going to lie. My, if I get upset, I'm not usually like, ah, oh, let me take a walk. It's normally like, ah, oh, I want to do something stupid. But you know what? Before I do something stupid, let me take a walk. That's a response. And so the emotion stays the same. What you feel stays the same. But what do you do when it happens? One of my, I started realizing this. I used to always just feel like I was not an emotional person. And some of you guys might feel that way. You might be like, yo, I really don't need this message because I don't even have emotions, so I'm good. <laughs> False. You are actually, I'd say, in one of the worst positions because you haven't even realized what your reaction is to your emotions. One of my main reactions was disconnecting. And so I would feel like I wasn't feeling anything, but it's because I would cut it off so quick. It's not that it didn't happen. And so disappointment happens, sadness tries to rise up. Oh, I don't wanna feel that. I'm good on that. Snip, I'm gonna disconnect from that. Not gonna be sad. I'm good now. What I started realizing, though, is I was just disconnected. So I would just, I would feel then disconnected from just about everything. Like events and circumstances would stop leading to an emotion for me. I would, I had just kind of cut that off. So, okay, event happens. Well, that just happened. Whether it's good or bad, good things happen. That good thing happened. Great. Could go bad. Not going to give into that too much. And so I would react 
by disconnecting. Now, what revolutionized my thought process is when I realized that's not how Jesus operated. And as a man, especially, a lot of the men in this room, you might feel like it's a strength of yours to not deal with your emotions or respond to your emotions, but it's actually a weakness. And it will definitely keep you from being able to connect with people, build healthy relationships. It will definitely not be good for you in connecting with a woman. It's not a strength. But what happens is, as men especially, and especially as, and I'm not going to say just all men, because I know some women are this way too. I'll just say for me. When dealing with emotions, especially when I first started realizing this, which was not super long ago, (laughs) when I first started realizing this, it was super overwhelming. It's like, okay, Jesus would experience emotions and allow himself to fully experience them. What does that look like? For Jesus, Jesus is on his way to visit Well, not really visit. I guess you can call it a visit. But his friend, his friend, Lazarus, died. Lazarus' family comes. They say, Jesus, while Lazarus is sick, they come to Jesus and they say, hey, Lazarus is sick. Come help him. Jesus is like, I'll be there. Jesus waits a few days. Lazarus dies. Now, most of us who have read the story, we know that Jesus was going to raise him from the dead. A miracle was going to happen. But when Jesus gets there, Lazarus is in a tomb, his family's all around, they're weeping, they're wailing, and we see the shortest Bible verse in existence, Jesus wept. Why? You're telling me that Jesus, even though he knew what he was about to do, he knew the future, he's all-knowing. He was so present in that moment And so open to what he was feeling, he allowed himself to fully experience that moment even before he resurrected him and allowed himself to fully experience that emotion, fully experience the grief of seeing death. Most of us, if we're challenged in that area, we try to disconnect where we see Jesus fully embrace. And so if we're going to be effective, we're going to have to be like Jesus. And we're going to have to allow ourselves to experience what's going on in here. If we're ever going to truly be effective and if we're going to truly reflect the character of God out here. The scary part is most of us don't know what to do when we experience the emotion. And that's what we're talking about tonight. And so, again, I would say the difference is with Jesus experiencing the same emotions that we experience. The difference is how he responded. I want to look at Hebrews 12, 2 through 3, where we see it say, we're fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy, say joy. Joy. 
set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. It's interesting here because it says for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What stuck out to me here is it doesn't say for the throne set before him, for the power set before him, for the kingdom set before him. It says for the joy and emotion. You mean what helped Jesus to endure the torture of crucifixion was looking forward to experiencing an emotion? The joy that he would get from saving us, the joy that he would get from being able to speak to you and you and you, sending his Holy Spirit, bringing healing to your body, to your mind and to your soul, seating you in heavenly places alongside him, being able to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, helping to transform your character and make you holy and righteous, to be able to grant us all that opportunity. It was the joy that would come from that that helped him to endure the pain. The problem is many of us are living our lives in reverse. Look, it says Jesus endured current suffering in exchange for future joy. We too often choose current joy in exchange for future suffering. And so we don't want to experience the disappointment. We don't want to experience the sadness. We don't want to experience the pain. We want to quit. We want to give up because that would make us happy in this moment. We don't want to endure the cross. And so for current joy, we accept future suffering. But if we are called to be like Jesus, if we're going to follow Jesus, we have to follow his pattern. It says for future joy, he endured current suffering. How are we doing this backwards? I'll say a few things. I'll say a lot of times it's in small things. We'll choose the current joy of having the last word. And ruin all of our relationships. Have no peace in our relationships in the future because of decisions we're making right now in the moment. The joy of being our own authority and not submitting, doing our own thing. And then we experience the suffering in the future of God not promoting us, not being able to use us in the way that he's intended because we're underdeveloped, because we've been following ourselves this whole time. We've been enslaved to every feeling that we have, every emotion that we have. So we never got what he was trying to deposit in us. Sexual desire is an emotion. And so many of us, we're seeking current joy in our sexual desires, fulfilling that desire in exchange for immense suffering in the future. And we see that all throughout this nation. The, the sad thing is it's promoted to all of us like this is gonna be current joy and future joy. 
Like, this is a great decision for you. Live your life the way that you want to live it. But we've seen the destruction of the family in our country. Why at the root of it is sexual desire. Wanting to do our own thing. And it's led us all different places. Whereas if we would endure, if I would have endured in the times before I was in relationship with my wife, if I would have endured my current desires, I would have set myself up for a much smoother process moving forward. But so many of us will be mad at God. God, you made me this way. I just, I just, I can't hold out on this. I can't stop. Oh, sex? What? Stop? No. Can't do that. This is what, this is how I'm made. But you're also made with the ability to choose. And you don't have to be enslaved to your desires. You can be inspired by an emotion that helps you endure instead of being enslaved to your emotion that keeps you where you're at. Because the reality is, for that current joy that everybody's marketing to us, what happens in the future? We're having kids outside of the structure, outside of the safety of the family structure that God provides and God will redeem. God will bring healing. But we could avoid some of the challenges that we go through for ourselves, for our children, if we would stay under the covering of God's authority and ask him to give us the power to endure the desires that we're having and carry that cross for the joy that's set before us, like healthy marriages, healthy families. This is what's gonna make the difference in our world. Who in the world is gonna live pure for Jesus if we don't and we say we follow him? How is his name gonna be glorified if we're not glorifying him in the way that he's called us to? as his church, as his body. Man, so many of us are enslaved, and I've been there, but we don't have to stay there. Does anybody believe that? We don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. But we got to stop blaming God like he had a bad setup. Man, tell me how not following God ever leads to the best life for you. It leads to pleasure in the current moment in exchange for future suffering. It's because God sees what's coming ahead and he says, look, I know this is very difficult, but you know what's way more difficult? You giving in right here and what you'll experience on the other side of that. But you know what's beautiful? When you endure what it builds in you and the beauty that you're able to see when you do discipline yourself and when you do endure and the blessing that comes from it. But man, we have to believe that if we're gonna live it. And so many of us are making our emotions 
See, all, all the dudes said that they didn't have any emotions until we saw sexual desire was an emotion. Now it's like, oh, maybe I am enslaved to my emotions. You might be. It's, what, it's how we respond that determines who's Lord in that moment. And so if we say we're following Jesus, who is the perfect person to follow, whose instruction are we going to follow? Because when anger rises up and we react to anger, we're saying, anger, you're Lord in this moment. When sexual desire rises up and we react to sexual desire, we're saying, sexual desire, you're Lord in this moment. But when we respond based on the truth of God's word for the joy that's set before us, that's when Jesus is Lord and that's when Jesus is glorified. I'm very, very grateful for, though I don't have a beautiful uh, track record before my current relationship, I'm very grateful that my wife and I waited until marriage to have sex. Thank you. All glory to God, though, because that's who gets the glory. I'm grateful for the testimony that I'm able to give. How could I give somebody guidance and say, and it's always based on my mistakes? That's not inspiring. Look, man, you should wait because, man, we messed up. And we are right now, but I mean. No, man, I'm so grateful for waiting even though it was three and a half years of us being together, not like three and a half years total. There was some years before we got together when I had no idea who she was. She was all the way in Arizona. I'm grateful for that three and a half years of carrying a cross for the joy that was set before me. Amen. Because of the safety that marriage provides, and so many of us, man, if you're not married, you just don't, hold on real quick, right? Because there's going to be a place to clap, okay? The place to clap is if you're not married, you just don't know. I did not know. You've never experienced sex in any other context. But I didn't realize how much shame I used to feel. I was just suppressing it. I didn't realize that I felt dirty because I just got used to it. And so I suppressed it. I didn't even realize what God was trying to prepare for me, what God had waiting for me if I would have endured. And I'm grateful that we did in that time because here's the part where you can clap. It's beautiful in the safety of marriage when we follow the will of God. (laughs) When we follow the will of God, it's always better for us. But many of us don't get there because we stay stuck in our feelings. And then we end up misguiding the people around us. We get in relationships. We drag them down too. Because we're in our feelings. Man, if we would be founded in Christ more than we are in our feelings, we could accomplish so much. We could experience so much peace, so much comfort. I know that it's difficult 
This message is for me too. Because like I said, we're experiencing emotions every single day, all day. And we're presented with a choice. So I say, if we learn how to choose God's righteousness over our right now, we will experience the joy that is set before us. You can leave that up for a second so everybody can write it down because we need this. If we learn to choose God's righteousness over our right now. So righteousness, what God says is right over how we're feeling right now. There's joy set before us. You don't think Jesus wanted to quit being crucified? Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus prays, Father, please don't make me do this, is what he was asking, where we see, if you can take this cup from me. Man, that was, a, that was an analogy that he was using according to the culture of their times. What he was communicating is, if I don't have to do this, please don't make me do this. I don't want to do this. Crucifixion was the worst death ever created to this day. There's no death more painful. Nothing ever created more painful. It was designed to make you suffer for as long as possible and as painfully as possible. He was lashed with the cat of nine tails 40 times before that. Should have died from that. So we think, oh, Jesus, he just put on a robe. The, you know, they put the robe on him. They put the crown of thorns on him. They were making fun of him. And he was like, Psh, no big deal. I'm God. Uh, no, man. This was ugly. Most people would not have even made it to Golgotha, where he was crucified. He had to carry the cross all the way up the hill to get crucified with his flesh hanging off his back and his body going into shock. But we're tired of being pure. We're tired of dealing with this. We're tired of the cycles. So was Jesus. And he did that so we would have power to overcome this stuff. Crucifixion. That's why he was asking. He sweat blood praying, God, don't make me do this. Innocent, an innocent man. Crucified. By the time he got there, it was still six hours before he died hanging on a cross, nails in his wrists, nails in his feet, suffocating to death for six hours for your sins, not for his, for yours, for mine. But it says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured it. The joy of being in relationship with you and I, the joy of us being able to have eternal life is why he, en he endured that for he, has, he gets joy from that. He gets joy from our salvation. Is anybody happy about that? Thank you, Lord. And so surely if Jesus can endure crucifixion for the joy that's set before him, you can endure trying to navigate those three emotions that you wrote down. And he'll teach you how to do it. How do we do it?
is the question. I want us to look at 1 Kings 19. It's the story of Elijah. Elijah was going through a very difficult time, was doing some really powerful things for God. Man, he was the prophet in the land at that time, and what that meant was he was the voice of God in that time. God spoke to him to speak to the people. There was no Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of everybody so where they could just commune and hear from God themselves. God would speak messages through the prophet because Jesus hadn't come yet. Therefore, our sins had not been atoned for yet. Therefore, there was no salvation. Therefore, there was no Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of them. And so somebody in the land was chosen God chose Elijah to speak through for the people. Elijah has this crazy encounter with 500 prophets. I think it's 450 prophets of Baal. Who, what the, all that means is it's the people who were following the idol of that time. The land was ruled by Jezebel and Ahab, the queen and the king, who were pushing everybody into idolatry and all types of sinfulness. And Elijah's trying to follow God. And they have this showdown where Elijah and these prophets of this idol, Baal, they show down on a mountain. It's called Mount Carmel. And it's in front of all of Israel. And it's a display to show who really is God. So if you don't know by now, we serve a living God who's alive who will respond, who will move. And so when a showdown happens, the God who's not real, who's just a statue that people made up, can't do anything. And so that's what we see there. For all day and night, they're calling on this God. They're cutting themselves. And Elijah's like, well, what's going on? Is he asleep? Maybe he's using the restroom. Elijah really says this. This is the Bible. Elijah, when it's his turn, he takes a a sacrifice, puts it in a trench, covers it with water, and then calls for God to send fire from heaven. Fire comes down, whoosh, soaks up everything, burns up the water, burns up everything. Elijah then kills all of the prophets. And after this, this amazing victory, Jezebel, the queen, sends a threat and says, Elijah, I am going to kill you. We won't get into the the details of that. She sent soldiers to tell him that she was going to kill him instead of sending soldiers to kill him because she couldn't. She just sent a threat. Like many times the enemy does to you to get you wrapped up in your feelings, to get an emotion to rise out of you. Because if he doesn't have power to do anything to you, he'll make you do it to yourself by creating a circumstance that rises up an emotion in you that you make a choice whether to react or respond to. And Elijah in this in this particular time reacts to the emotion. And so we see. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me 
them dead gods who didn't move? Oh, okay. Be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid, fear, and ran for his life. Reaction. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom brush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. I'm going to stop right there and say that point one in how to respond when you are in your feelings is to do what Elijah did. Go to God. He was in agony, fear, gripped with paralyzing fear to the point that he wanted to die. But he went to God with it. Man, what do you do when one of those three emotions that you wrote down is raising up in you, is trying to get you to react and move, maybe grip you with fear, maybe try to pull you into a cycle again? I want to tell you, you can go to God. It's not easy. A lot of times, that's the last thing we want to do. We want to just react. You can go to God. What he said to God is, I've had enough, Lord. He told him the truth. Man, a lot of us, myself included, sometimes feel like, man, we don't want to complain. Like, man, my prayers should be powerful. Your kingdom come. Even though you're feeling crushed on the inside. Jesus said, don't make me do this, but let your will be done, not mine. But he was honest about how he felt. And man, I think when we realize that God gave us these emotions, so he's not surprised by them, he's not moved by them, he doesn't feel like your emotions are sinful, but it's what you do when you experience them that makes all the difference. That's when we really start walking like Jesus. That's when we really start walking in a way that will make us effective, that will lead us into an abundant life. After that, it says that he laid down and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. God sent him a meal. He's like, bro, you need some Chipotle, first of all. <laughs> Maybe that's what he would say to me. So he came, angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he understood. God sent an angel like, this is a lot. This is a lot for anybody to do. Oh, I'm going to help him do it, but I get it. Help him out. He, he told, man, he let him go to sleep. He took a nap. Sometimes that may be what you need. 
get you some food. That emotion is raising up in you, rising up in you, trying to grip you. Get you some food. Get you some food. Take a nap. Get some sleep. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Then God responds. But he responds interestingly. He says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. He's like, I hear you. I'm about to come through. (laughs) Elijah, you got a lot going on. I'm about to pull up. (laughs) Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. This is just how he shows up. (laughs) After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replies the same way. I'm still feeling away, Lord. I saw the rocks. I saw the earthquake. I saw all that. I still feel away. He responds the same way. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Same story, God. He's just keeping it real with them. Then the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel and anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel Meholah to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. And you're like, what was that about? God was responding to each of Elijah's concerns. He starts off saying, I've been very zealous, but the Israelites are all tearing down your altars They're following idols. They're doing all this crazy stuff. Now they're trying to kill me too. And God responds to him by telling him to go anoint the new king that he's putting into place. Who was king at the time? Ahab. Who was queen? Jezebel. The people trying to kill him. God is like, go anoint the new king. I'm doing something. I'm not done yet. I know that you're weary. I know that you're feeling beat down. I know you feel emptied out. I know that you're sad. I know that you want to die, but I'm not done. I'm about to fix every problem that you're seeing, and you've been a huge part in what I'm doing. Keep going. Keep going. Go back the way that you came. I'm not done. I gave you Chipotle. I gave you a nap. I I did the whole earthquake thing. I came through. You know I'm here with you. Just go back 
Just keep pushing a little bit more. He tells him to anoint Elisha, who was his successor. He's saying, you're almost at the end. You're almost there. Don't stop. I know that fear is gripping you right now. I know that you're tired, but don't stop. I'm not done. I'm about to do something amazing, and maybe you don't see it right now, but I know what I'm about to do. I'm about to turn this whole thing around. There's about to be a new king. There's about to be a new prophet, and I'm about to wipe out every issue that you're seeing, and I'm about to bring healing to the land. I'm about to turn people back to me because you've been faithful. So point two is receive that. Go to God. Receive God's truth. The last thing that he addressed was Elijah Elijah was not alone. He says, yet I have reserved 7,000. Elijah said, I'm the only one. It's just me out here, God. I'm the only person left following you, and I'm done. (laughs) God is like, you are really in your feelings right now. There are 7,000 people who are still following me. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. Everybody's dealing with this. We're all dealing with challenges. We're all dealing with potential cycles. We're all dealing with previous sin patterns that the enemy tries to tempt you with. We're all dealing with that. God is saying, I'm not done. Keep going. There's still joy set before you as you endure this. So the last thing we do is we respond to our feelings based on the truth. Very simply, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. A few verses down, it says, so Elijah went from there. He did it. Man, so you're telling me when I'm dealing with these emotions that seem insurmountable. Seems like I can't get free. When I want to give up, tap out, when I say, God, just take me, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. At the lowest of my low, I can go to God and God will respond. God will pull up on me. When I go to his word and I say, God, I, I, need, I need to hear something. It may not be yes to your request. It was, man, keep going. I got you, though. I'm here with you. I'm about to do something that you've never seen. Y'all know Elijah didn't even die. He was taken up to heaven. never decomposed, this person who had emptied himself out was ready to give up, literally said, I'm done. I give up. I'm no better than anybody else. I can't do it. God says, I hear you. I'm about to pull up, though. Thank you for coming to me about this. Where are you going when you're dealing with these things? Where are you going? What are you resorting to? It can't be back to the same cycles. We have to learn to respond instead of reacting because we know the reacting doesn't get us to where we're wanting to go. And if we're ever going to be 
who God has called us to be, if we're going to ever experience that joy that he's setting before us, that's promised, that's guaranteed. Jesus got about that grave. He showed his power. He endured the cross knowing that he would get up. Knowing that death could not own him. Death could not hold him. His body would not stay in a grave. You will not stay in the place where you are. You do not have to stay there. There is joy set before you. There is resurrection set before you. There is freedom set before you. So what do we do? We fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer. That means he started this thing and he finishes it. The pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God where he has invited you to dwell with him. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The band's about to come out, and I want us to have a moment because a lot of us are on the brink of losing heart. A lot of us are growing weary, and we need a moment where we can fix our eyes on Jesus. To fix your eyes means to fix your eyes. You stay focused. You're not looking at the people around you who are bothering you. You are not looking at the circumstance. You are not looking at the situations. You're fixing your eyes on Jesus, staying focused. And so many of us are surrounded by so much noise, so many distractions. It's so hard for us to fix our eyes on anything. I want to give you an opportunity tonight to fix your eyes on Jesus. To remember his goodness, to remember his faithfulness, to remember that there is joy promised to you on the other side of whatever it is that you're dealing with. On the other side of whatever it is, whatever it is. Some people are like, nah, not me. You too. Scripture says you have not yet resisted unto the point of shedding your blood. So keep going. Jesus endured crucifixion. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. It's difficult. It's difficult for me too. But man, I'm still here. You're still here. So with everyone standing to your feet, I want to pray over us and then the band is just going to sing and we're going to have an opportunity to fix our eyes on Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this word tonight. I thank you that you are speaking directly to us. Lord, that you are equipping us for something. Lord, that no matter what the enemy tries to throw at us, Lord, you have victory guaranteed to us. If we will endure, if we will persevere. Lord, tonight we say that you are Lord. You are Lord of all. You're the name above every name. You're the name above every circumstance, every sickness, every disease, every sin pattern. The name of Jesus will break chains. The name of Jesus will bring healing. Lord, we thank you that by what you did enduring the cross, Lord, you guaranteed us a spot in your victory. And so, Lord, we will remember your goodness tonight. 
we will reflect on your goodness and your faithfulness, your love for us, and we'll let that wash over us. We will fix our eyes on Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.